first thing here. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, for all intents and purposes, it looks like we're live, dude. All right. So, uh, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> How are you today, Teague? Just fine, thank you. And yourself? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I guess uh, I should probably say welcome back to Noob Talk Radio, everyone. Mm-hmm. This is uh, episode 64, Noob Talk Radio. Um, we have been, I think I was thrown off a little bit because of uh, there was a little production snafu there. Mm-hmm. As uh, Josh is realizing his phone is becoming a piece of, a useless piece of garbage. Well, um, useless, no, but um, I mean... The jack is fucked. I should be more specific, yeah. <laughs> the, the jack is uh, becoming kind of useless. The phone still seems like it works fine, right? I mean... Other than the really bad battery life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, I mean... You know. No, it's fine. It's fine, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's really just the jack is going, and unfortunately, um, as I found out before, there's no way to fix that other than getting a new one. Really? Oh, yeah. There's That's one of the few problems that really just can't... Because what happens is... Uh, the connectors inside just get either worn away or like pushed. Mm-hmm. So there's really no. Can't replace the connectors. I mean, maybe, but it's a replacement. They don't. Uh, they don't do. I think because it's part of the body of the frame. Maybe that's insane. You know, that's I mean, so well, insane. It's the kind of thing where it's like if it happened under warranty, they would replace it. But obviously, that kind mm-hmm. of thing can't happen. Well, yeah, it no, never but I mean, it, in the, it, under the warranty, it's just disgusting that stuff isn't made to be repl- have parts replaced. It's just made to chuck the entire thing. Oh yeah, fuck it. I mean, you know, if that was the only problem with... I, I could... I mean, I should say, I, I could probably invest in really expensive, you know, those Bluetooth mm-hmm. headphones that everybody loves. Um, I don't like the idea of that. I just don't like the idea of Bluetooth headphones, period. Mm-hmm. Well, not for that, I guess. Um, but uh, I could maybe just do that. And yeah, and they have that. a mic in them as well. Oh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That wouldn't solve our problem for recording, but... Um, no? The laptop might work. I mean, the laptop seems to be working fine at the moment. Right? You so. don't think it would work for recording? We each wear one earbud and talk, and it records? Huh. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting point. Because I know, I've yeah, seen maybe my buddies talking maybe on the would. phone but just with that thing. Is one of the... I, I just, I guess I always... No, they both have... I never even thought about it. They both no. have the mics? Yeah, yeah. My, I got one buddy that huh. keeps one in the case charging and then he has only one in and really? then when it dies he puts that and then takes That's out the other really one really funny <laughs> yeah. well that might be something to look into yeah. I mean they're expensive but I need to solve the problem somehow right mm. so, well I mean is it more expensive than a new phone exactly I mean I'm not going to get out of this it's kind of like I do need a new phone as a general statement mm-hmm. because clearly the battery is going to right right so then yeah but, but it's, as a brush you know it might be a good temporary fix. Yeah. You know? I yeah. mean, uh, if I get another, like, sort of two to three years out of it, just with that, maybe, then that's not bad. That's not bad at all. No. Mm. Uh, although I do think they're, like, aren't they, like, 200 bucks or something? I think you can get them cheaper. Oh, yeah? Okay. I think so. I just remember someone saying, like, when they started coming out. They were really, really expensive really... at the beginning, but yeah. I feel like you can get My brother of... was talking about getting a pair, and he was like, oh, it's this much money. And I just remember being, like, really shocked at the time. I think you... they were, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, like, cheap sort of um, knockoffs now. Mm. Um, but would I want a cheap knockoff? I don't know. Isn't that the whole thing with... I thought that uh, Apple, you know, f- for whatever negative things you'd like to say about them, had kind of refined the technology. So it actually Ye- did work well. Oh, yeah, but there's others that terrible. are... There's others that are equal, if not better. Um, mm-hmm. Well... 100%. I uh, forget the brands. I've seen it. Maybe it's been long enough in the, in the, oh, the Bluetooth been, uh, sort of sphere. I feel like it kind of has been. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, no, they're not cheap. I just remember for a long time, like, uh, every time I heard somebody on Bluetooth as opposed to normal... Like, I always knew they were on Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it was never, it was sometimes okay, but it was never even remotely close to as good as just with a wire jack in or yeah. with the phone to your face. No, no, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. So, you know. yeah, they're like $300. So. Well, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, if I can get another phone for like 500 then it's like, Fuck that, maybe yeah. just get the new phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's a lot for just a, uh... well, anyways. So, 
<coughs> I already said welcome back to Noob Talk Radio. We got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Did I say I'm Joshua Osborne? I do believe you did. I think, well, if I didn't Maybe say not. that, I'm Joshua Osborne. <laughs> this if you is didn't Anderson, And we're Noob Talk Radio. I think we got that out of the way already, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back to episode 64. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess to leap into things, I noticed when we were working on the topic list for this episode, that we have a difference of opinion in terms of whether or not... I mean, listen, the the purpose of this podcast is I feel like still kind of in flux, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we're sort of like halfway between... It, it, we're still treading a, a, a kind of a weird line between being half of a news podcast and half of just like a two guys yakking about shit, shit podcast, yeah. you know? Um, and so we're a little weird in, ter- in, the, in those terms, I guess. But at, in insofar as we're a news podcast, I always wonder about when i make the podcast like, topic lists because it came up today that like there was a bunch of new studios opening mm-hmm. right a bunch of sort of like really early announcement stuff and i've i guess from my background with the the, the sort of the gaming podcast that i like uh, which i suppose are very news related mm-hmm. uh, or very like news centric i guess you could say uh, yeah i suppose i've always listened to relatively journalistic video game podcasts mm-hmm. you know? like i have one that's like very like boys having fun but it started as a more journalistic podcast right, and right. it morphed into boys having fun Kind of because all the good journalists left, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> which is what happens. That will happen. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, the good journalists who left, uh, one of them was Colin Moriarty, who then went on to do Sacred Symbols, and in Sacred Symbols, he's very journalistically bent, right? Right, right. Um, and it's very straight news, you know, with the exception of the forty-five minute. Uh, you know, it's actually it's really funny, but I've I've started every episode skipping exactly forty-five minutes, <laughs> and it's pretty much works every time. Where wow. it's about exactly forty-five minutes. Before they start talking about any news stuff. Jesus. So it actually works pretty well because I'm just every time I'm like, can I just go here? And it's like, yeah, no, sure enough. Mm-hmm. Here's the actual news. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I, I just find it funny how predictable their uh, preamble is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I wonder if we're like that. I don't Probably. think we are. Yeah, maybe like 10 minutes or something. No, we're like, it's like sometimes well, it's like edited, a, so. a half an hour one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, it's it's been five five minutes before. Okay. Like, I think there was one episode recently where it's like, we did a preamble of like less than 10 minutes. Good. For sure. Good. And it was just like straight into news, and uh, uh-huh. then other times it's like complete nonsense. For, talking like, Seinfeld for half an hour. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, mm-hmm. um, but where is I going with this? There's a point, I promise. New um, studios. We had a disagreement. Yeah, yeah. Because I was writing down a bunch of. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me see if I can just. I'll scroll back to the old topic list we, before we uh, before we sat down today. Um, this is a little, you know, slice into how how new top radio is. What do they call that? How you make the how the sausage is made. Okay. <laughs> you know, the sausage grinder? Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, you got a better analogy? <laughs> I'm open. The Making of Things with David Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had proposed... I mean, here's several things that didn't make it into today's episode. Uh, Ubisoft pulls out of E3 after previously committing to the show. Uh, hilarious, but, you know, the thing is, for us, it's like we're always concerned about... I'd like to ideally, both in, in terms of respect for myself and Teague's time, but, the, you know, the, 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 the listeners also, it's like I don't feel like a four-hour podcast is no. the way we want to go at the moment. I, I don't... Yeah, no. No, yeah. no, no. Four hours to me is, like, way overkill. I think even... Maybe I'm exaggerating. An hour might be pushing it sometimes. Like, I, I don't I know. Fi- I, I like more would, short, sweet things. I'm totally with you. I think we would need probably like two hours of solid time if we were to do, all, quote unquote, all the news. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's but, not like we couldn't do it. It's just it would be long. But right? I wouldn't feel good talking about all kinds of stuff that I just don't care about. Well, that's true. You know, I wouldn't yeah. mind going on a long fucking rant about something that I do care about. Yeah. But like, 
some fucking changing. Ubisoft pulling out at E3. Like, <laughs> dude, I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So to I talk don't about think Ubisoft that, does either, unfortunately. <laughs> to talk about that for any amount of time is just like, why the fuck do I care? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, so th- I guess that's where I'm coming from, right? Is that like we we feel differently about stuff because mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. when I when I see something like that. I just see news, mm-hmm. you know, and of course I don't give a shit about it. Right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I completely could not care. I mean, it's like, you know, Ubisoft is, I find it vaguely interesting in terms of like, I think it's notable when companies say they're going to do something and then don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, it's like, you know, whether I, like, I didn't really want to see them at the, right? I, was, I wasn't really, I'm not really excited to see anybody at the E3 conference. You know what I mean? I'm not like, excited about E3 at all. Yeah. I, I mean, I like it's it as a. It's kind of tedious and annoying. But... Well, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't want to get too derailed, but I don't really feel like it's that important exciting anymore no you know um, i mean there are a few really cool things that could come out and have in the mm-hmm. past but like so what well it's like e3 as a show is sort of losing its cohesion in terms of like what it is mm. you know like its sense of self and its, its self sense of identity as time goes by you know it was i mean co- co- coffin co- covid was the sort of the nail the first nail in the coffin mm-hmm. and then because of you know things got so disrupted because of that and then when it's sort of coming back now it's like so many big companies have pulled out I can't, I mean, I didn't research this ahead of time, so I can't say off the top of my head, but I want to say Nintendo does not have a presence. I don't think, I don't know if Microsoft even has a presence. A lot of the big guys, like Sony does not, I think. Like most hmm. of the major companies pulled out, yeah. pulled out, you know, or at least a lot of the major publishers pulled out. Right. Um, and Ubisoft was actually ironically said a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I want to say it was like a few weeks to a month ago that like they were, they were committed to whatever E3 is going to be this year. They didn't want to say what it was going to be, mm-hmm. but they're like, whatever it is, we're going to be there. Uh, so I think it's interesting that they then like completely 180, like uh, yeah. a few weeks later, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's like my personal investment in this particular news item is like low to nil, right? Oh yeah. But it's yeah. like, if it was me and with infinite time and money, uh, money, uh, mostly just time, mm-hmm. which I guess is money in a sense. Well, yeah. But yeah, infinite time and money, it's like, I would cover all of it, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to do a show that long. And I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be that long either. So we got to cherry pick, right? Yeah, totally. And it's like, so we were talking about, you know, because another big item of news that often comes out is like XYZ forms new studio. Yeah. Like, for example, this week we had, or rather, I guess, this bi week, I guess, this bi curious week, uh, we had, so this is not exactly a new studio, but it's sort of, it's, it's a new studio adjacent. Uh, just a sudden reveal, Counter-Strike 2 reveal out of nowhere, release window confirmed. I got this headline, headline off IGN. It's not a new studio, but it's like a game out of nowhere. Right. That we don't really care too much about. I'll f- I, th- there was at least two studios, though. Yeah, somebody from somewhere, you know, somebody with some chops is opening up a studio, right? Like, Yeah, is there not two? Here it is. Uh, Lady Gaga, Beyonce collaborator, Blood Pop, uh, launches game studio featuring ambitious AAA shooter. And they have some, you know, crazy announcement. I mean, they just created the studio. Mm-hmm. They've got funding from a bunch of interesting sources. It's So it's like this type of thing... I mean, all that's known about what they're working on is it's an ambitious AAA shooter. There is some, there's some sound bites that the, that IGN gathered that's like relatively whatever stuff had something to do with like uh, involving the audience. I want to say social media, maybe like mm-hmm. a lot of audience participation. I can't remember, but it's like very general. Yeah, it sounds dumb. Like not a lot of specifics also. No. Well, no. it just, whether it sounds also, whether it sounds dumb or not, it's just like this almost not enough. That's what I mean. It's even. like, I don't know. Um, yeah. Not memorable. No, right? no. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, so I look at this news. Oh, yeah, here's another one. Sorry. Former Blizzard leaders J. Allen Brack and Jen O'Neill reemerged to start a new studio. That's I mean, what I'm talking about, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I think I'm kind of with you there if I understand where you're coming from, which is that that's actually even less interesting than the mm-hmm. Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah no, no, totally. No, sure, because it's sure. like, okay, so some people moved 
jobs. Like, yeah. So fucking what? Some um, massive blizzard producer, uh, you know, company head left because their company is not doing well or they, they and they have a lot of, or rather they have a lot of like uh, negative press <clears throat> and just makes another of the same thing. Yeah. And it's it's like, now a different name kind of thing. I just it's kind of care. like, I mean, I, yeah, I completely, I mean, I completely understand where you're coming from. And this was just, a, was, the idea was just to have a little fun chat about this. Yeah. 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 Um, because this is news we're not covering. And but it's we are. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess we kind of are. I come at this from like, when you told me your thoughts on it, I'm like, that totally makes sense. And like, I don't really think I would care that much either if I was being delivered this news. But then the journalist side of me is like, but it's news, mm -hmm. you know, and it's kind of like, and I guess I see it from the angle of like the, it, from the industry angle, right? Where it's like, it's, it's only relevant in terms of sort of like charting the industry. Yeah. And right? also talking about like in the future, you'd be like that studio we talked about is now doing this. Exactly. And like, but for me, it's like, that's the time to talk about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. I just don't. There's too many little things that I really don't care about, and um, that I'm just like, if you do all of them, then it's just going to be tedious and fucking annoying. And yeah, I don't know. In yeah. two weeks, I'm not going to want to do this. You know, <laughs> I mean, listen, it's hard to say because I think people come to this podcast for different reasons. I think some of them come because they just like the banter, and I think some of them come because they like the news. So you can never please everyone, right? No, no. And everyone's idea of, like, I mean, people's idea of what is newsworthy changes. Oh, for sure. I'm with you in the sense of, in order to talk about more exciting things, I would rather not talk about these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, it's one thing, it depends on the list, right? Like, mm -hmm. if the if the list requires us to cut six subjects, yeah, then this certainly doesn't make the cut. Yeah. You know, but if the list is struggling already and we need to stretch it a bit, mm -hmm. fucking why not? You know? Yeah, no, like, I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's I just really throw good it out there it. and yeah. just whatever. It's, yeah. uh, but again, I don't feel the need in cramming to fit this in just because, again, I don't feel like it's... I'm just a big old grump, grump you know? <laughs> like, I'm a grouch artist, so I just, like, I don't give a shit about most things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck off. I think my desire for this kind of stuff comes from listening to Colin's podcast because he mm -hmm. always used to... He would always make a really big deal of new studios forming. Right. Even when there's nothing to talk about, just because... Uh, even though I agree with you in, t in a general sense about what we should and should not cover, because I do feel like it's like when you need to cut, there's more interesting things to talk about, mm -hmm. right? And it's like ultimately you got to talk about whatever's the most interesting, right? Well, and I don't feel like they cut very much, right? Like how long are their podcasts? Oh, no, they do everything. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that's just it, right? Colin does everything. Yeah, no, know? but it's like how long are the podcasts generally? Borderline four hours. That's what yeah. I mean. It's like, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, whenever I see a marker that long, whenever I see a counter that long on something, I'm like, nope. I mean, it's kind of like I'm not as interested in being non-conversational as Skillup is with his This Week in Video Games, which are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Right? In terms of just getting a really nice information dump mm -hmm. when you just want to know, yes, I want to know everything and I don't want to read it. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I don't want to listen to some guy talk about what particular thing for 40 minutes. You no. Know? It's like, they're fantastic, no, but perfect. I don't want to be that. And at the same time, yeah, I don't really want to be Colin's podcast either. No, we're doing our own so, thing. And... Uh, anyways, uh, just yeah, like yeah. we do this a lot, you and me, and I, ne I don't often discuss with you the Why? actual approach, no. you know? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was kind of fascinating. But often those are the ones that I'm like, yo, fucking ax it, ax it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I like, mm -hmm. just cut it. I don't care. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, because it, we need to, right? We need, yeah, no. it's like, okay, let's yeah. find three things to cut. It's yeah. like, well, definitely this one. Yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. this one. And I hear you. you know. I hear you. And I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Like at this point in time, I think I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like Lady Gaga, Beyonce collaborator, Blood, oh, blood Pop. Off. I keep wanting to say Blood Poop. It's really hard. Yeah, no, it's Blood Poop. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Featuring Ambitious AAA Shooter. 
It's maybe not. It's, oh, it's a little early. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. Anything Beyonce, Lady Gaga, I'm just like, <laughs> yo, Gaga, Google, go fuck yourself. Like, no. I mean, hey, it's different. And, like, I feel like that's that's the biggest thing it has. Right? That's I the never, biggest thing it has going for it. I never want to be recorded talking about Lady fucking Gaga or Rihanna <laughs> or whoever the fuck, Beyonce. Yeah, or, you know, you're, I just, you're close. No. <laughs> like, I just don't want to ever be on the record talking about these people. That's no matter fine. if they're getting involved in video games or not. Um, you're allowed to. Just sorry. No. Nah. Like, uh, Everyone's got their preferences. I don't even know what we're trying to say. with this. Nah, Not much. I mean, it was just that, you know, we cut stuff. <laughs> what and, are we trying uh, to say, Teague? Well, we, we managed to squeeze in the things that we cut off of this we did. topic list. <laughs> we did. Um, so kudos. You got me to talk about Lady Gaga. <laughs> and um, Manipulation success. Yep. I guess should we just move on to the news? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we'll leap right into it. Uh, on to the actual news that we will talk about instead of the news that we won't talk about that we did just talk about. Yeah. So item one. Um, never mind. Item two. <laughs> Skip that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so moving on to number one. God of War inspired TMNT, the last Ronin game in the works. Uh, this is... IGN is getting this directly off Polygon, who broke the news in an interview with Doug Rosen, Senior Vice President for Games and, and Emerging Media at Paramount Global. For a brief quote from the Polygon article, a new very different style of TMNT game is currently in development, an adaptation of The Last Ronin, a 2020 graphic novel that told a grim futuristic futuristic story about the turtles. Like the comic, the last run in video game adaptation will be a darker, more mature take on the typically colorful ninjas, according to Doug Rosen. In an interview with Polygon last week, Rosen likened the upcoming third-person ARPG game to Sony's recent God of War titles and said it will be authentic to the story of the last run in Ark, which is set in a future where only one of the turtles has survived, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, um, fucking Dark is right. It's really cool, man. That That's different. I mean... Yeah. Well, dude, it's Turtles. I mean, dark for Turtles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but... It's the cartoon we had in, like, the 90s. I know. And, I mean... I, it, cool. Cool, 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 cool. But... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, Turtles are the Turtles. Like, I don't know how I feel about it, honest. I mean... So you're saying mainly because you don't have all the Turtles? No. No. Like, I... Or you're more like controlling. giant mutant fucking turtles <laughs> that do karate. Um, you know, are fine as a goofy fucking kids show, but like when you're trying to get serious and whatever, and like have dark stuff, it's kind of like no, it, that just doesn't work for me. So uh, let me get this straight, but you're saying you're not into the idea of a God of War inspired TMNT game? No. Well, apparently it would be a single character game. Rosen points out other characters could be playable in playback se- in flashback sequences, similar to how the comic series plays out, but the primary action is said to center on the only surviving turtle. I mean, I, again, I haven't cared about Ninja Turtles for like 30 years. I don't want to be playing something serious, but I'm also a humanoid turtle <laughs> that does martial arts. You so, know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, listen, I mean, it, I know you don't like the art style, for example, of TMD Shredder's Revenge. Remember that one that came mm-hmm. out recently? But that's more the kind of game that I, I kind of agree with you. I think that's completely appropriate for Turtles. Mm-hmm. Or like a fighting game. Yeah. You know, like Marvel like, vs. Capcom style. Yeah, where it's totally. like t- Turtles fighting each other. Like, yeah, keep it light. Keep it... I mean, listen... I do think this is... It could be cool. Interesting? I mean, it's... It's it's different. It's a different approach to take for the turtles. It's unheard of, whatever. We've never... I've never seen anything of the sort. Whatever. But I mean, I'm like, I don't really want to see anything of the sort. I guess that... I mean, that's totally fair. You yeah. know, I'm just yeah. like, dude, yeah. if I... 
want something serious, I'm not going to watch something about humanoid fucking Ninja Turtles. Like, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. Fair. <laughs> fair. That's me. Again, by humbug. By focusing on one character, the titular last Ronin carries the weapons of all his fallen brothers, which could suggest, suggest the game will allow players to switch weapons and fighting styles on the fly. Which is very God of War. Very God of War. Little else is known about the last Ronin game right now, and the game is said to be, quote-unquote, a few years from release this stage. That's it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I mean... I get curious when I see news about TM and new TMT games coming out. Probably <laughs> because mostly I'm wondering, you know. Why? But I think that, no, it's, <laughs> actually, it's actually more like what kind of different Shredder's Revenge take is it going to be this time? Because mm. that kind of stuff I can get behind. Multiplayer, brawler stuff, couch co-op, like, yeah. simple. I mean, it's basically, Shredder's Revenge is pretty much a retread of TMT 4 in the arcades. Right, man, just keep you know it I mean? like a kid's thing, you know? Like, keep it... I'm with you. Like, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm talking about yeah. more than anything. It's yeah. like, if I want to play... And it was a game for adults, but definitely still in the style of all the kids' stuff. Right, right. right. Like, I mean, which is cool. I mean, I, I dig it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, so you'll have your... If you, Listen, if anybody wants it, they'll have their God of War-inspired TMT Last Ronin game. It'll be amazing. Sometime in the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see about that. We'll see. Moving on to number two. Atari is acquiring System Shock developer Night Dive Studios. I'm getting this off IGN, and IGN got this from an official statement uh, posted on Yahoo Finance by the chairman and CEO of Atari, of Atari, Wade Rosen. Atari has entered an agreement to acquire Night Dive Studios. This agreement would support Atari's retro-focused growth strategy and provide access to Night Dive's IP, which includes boy, retro-focused growth strategy is not a sentence I hear enough, you know? No. Which includes System Shock, as well as utilize the studio's proprietary KEX engine and, pu- and publishing capabilities. Quote from Atari's Wade Rosen, Night Dive's proven expertise and successful track record in commercializing retro IP are well aligned with Atari's strategy, and I'm confident that their combined talent, technology, and IP portfolio will contribute to Atari's future success. Night Dive and Atari have a long history together, and we know that Atari shares our passion for retro games and our focus on producing high-quality new and remastered games that do justice to the original IP, as Stephen K- Kick and Larry Cooperman of Night Drive. Uh, Night Dive, excuse me, Night Drive is um, awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, as we look to grow our business and expand our capabilities, we could think of no better long-term partner than Atari. The deal is, is expected to close April 2023. Night Dive Studios, uh, the, things to note about the company, they're currently working on the remake of System Shock, which is called, uh, it's, it's really called System Shock Remake, uh, which is kind of, I guess it's important to just make sure that people don't think it's a remake of System Shock 2. It is the first one, uh, which is the... I think least popular, but still very, very well, well regarded. Uh, I am, I mean, as a fan of two, I have never, never played one, and it kind of the, the non story, like two has amazing story, and it, that's kind of what got me. So the, having a one with less story, this just exploring the spaceship, it's, it's less interesting for me, but I'm still a little curious. Right. Um, and this is, uh, yeah, the remake of System Shock that they're currently working on was delayed from its original release date in March to May 30th on PC. Um, that's May 30th this year. Uh, PS5 and Xbox XS versions are going to follow after the PC launch. No, no specific date yet. Uh, the Kickstarter did launch back in 2016, which is getting a little long in the tooth. But, mm-hmm. um, listen, uh, they need to release something. <laughs> mm-hmm. 2016. But oh. by all accounts, I mean, we've seen footage. There's been previews. Like, it does seem to be like it's pretty much done, you know. So they've delayed a lot, but they're going to get something out this year. I don't think they're going to miss that. It seems relatively complete at this point in time. That's pretty much all there is to say. I mean, it's just, you know. I, I didn't even know Atari was still a company. I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't really know what Atari as a company does now. Right. But it would seem that uh, I mean, here Wikipedia notes as of 2022, the current Atari focus is pursuing several lines of business outside of video gaming, including cryptocurrency and cool. video game themed hotels. That's wow. Interesting. So they basically but turned I'm, into. Well, clearly they still do. 
I mean, I do feel like there's been a bunch of Atari remakes recently. So that's probably why they want Night Dive is because Night Dive does really well with like revitalizing old IP and like, uh, you know, sort of like updating stuff to mm. make it. I mean, the System Shock remake is a perfect example. It's like very close to the original, but completely reimagined graphics and like, you know, um, but the gameplay is like pretty much intact. Hmm. Right? I think it's mostly interesting for Night Dive because yeah. I think it's, it's, a, it's kind, of, kind of a nice, whenever someone gets good enough to be picked up, it's sort of like, it's a good indication for the studio, and I feel like it's going to be good for Night Dive. Whether or not they're able to do anything interesting with it afterwards, I have no idea, but um, yeah. we'll see. That's all I have to say about it. Fair enough. Moving on to number three, Ubisoft introduces AI Ghostwriter tool, quote-unquote, isn't replacing the video game writer, they say. This is uh, March 23rd, I got I this off it. IGN, it's hilarious. I love it. <clears throat> I don't know, I, on the AI thing, I don't know if you saw recently, I just saw an article where they're going to be using AI for models. Like clothing he, models? Yeah. Um, and it's like, remember I was just Weird. saying AI is going to take over absolutely everything, all art, all yeah. everything, you know, news. Oh, they were doing it with newscasters too. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, weather people, China was doing it, I think Japan, um, a few places have done it. And it's like, it's creepy and fucking weird, but it's like... Yeah. So clear what direction we're going, and this is like, oh yeah, it's not replacing video game writers, like, maybe not this year, but like, fuck, it's gonna. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. Just like how we were talking about the, the D&D thing yeah, last time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I still, you know, I mean, my, my, my opinion on, on AI still remains optimistic in the sense of, I, I feel like it's just going to signal a different, it's going to be a different world. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the way I see it is more like, it may replace humans in a lot of ways, but it's like having a human touch on things will then become a more boutique thing. Yeah. For you know sure. what I mean? Like, it's just going to change the way things are sold and made. And like, I don't, so I'm kind of like not that scared in a sense, because like, for example, even the D and D thing, like even if that comp, you know, even without any statements that like people won't use AI to make adventures, whatever, I still feel like there will be a market for human created stuff. For sure. Regardless. For sure. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I guess it's not that scary to me, but. I think the, the the more broader implications in terms of just like how it could you know run massive quantities of people out of jobs is like more more the real concern. That's what me. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, not yeah. so much that like creative products won't exist because creative products no. are by definition well, it's art, like art, right? It's yeah, like, it's art. Most um, people, even if you can get art created by an AI, they're just not going to be that interested. Well, like they're not going to pay fun. much for it yeah. anyway. You know. Um, I mean, I'm completely uninterested in AI AI created art just because no. it's like that's not the art. It's like to me, yeah, it's like to me that the whole point of art is it's human created. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Um, Music too, you know, all of it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like it's fine to get an AI to make like music, I guess. But, yeah, yeah, or a beat or whatever. Or, sure, you know, yeah, but like only in the most limited sense, you know, that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I'll take Miss uh, Miss Kiff any day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. Um, I mean, I'm not. I wasn't that worried for like D and D type stuff, but yeah, it's I know, like it's the Kiznif. Kit. Kiffness. Kiffness. The cat. The cat dude. The cat dude. By the way, you should, guys should, <laughs> you should probably look up, if you haven't heard of the Kiffness. Yeah, I know. You gotta, just showed me a lot of videos before we recorded You, you got to check out the Kiffness. It's pretty funny. It's some fucking, <laughs> it's some fucking hilarious shit, honestly. It is hilarious. Back to the article. This came from a blog post published by Ubisoft on Tuesday, uh, where they say that Ghostwriter, created by Ubisoft's R&D department, LaForge, like 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 laugh like laugh in French. Um, I just think sound, of, it's like I think Jordy. of Mallrats. Oh, I was thinking of Jordy LaForge. I'm thinking of Mallrats. LaForge is the security guard. Really? Yeah. No, that's it's not LaForge. It's like La, sure? it's La something. I thought it was LaForge. No, but it's really close though. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Man, what the fuck? I was pretty sure now? that they called him LaForge. How much LaForge. you want to bet? 
security guard. LaForce. LaForce? Told you. <laughs> LaForce, yeah. Mm. Real, real, real close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, um, what was I saying? Yeah, so uh, their R&D department, LaForge, says they aren't replacing the video game writer, quote-unquote. Quite the opposite, Ubisoft claims. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But it's actually saving game writers time coming up with the best lines or barks to give NPCs. This barks term is a new to... Barks, to me, is only an advertisement from Mm. the late 90s that I absolutely adore. Barks root beer? (laughs) Barks has bite. (laughs) Yeah. That was root beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can't get enough. Mm. I also really like Barks root beer. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, they call these, so the lines they give to NPCs, I don't, maybe this is a, an industry term that I've just been unaware of till now, but apparently they're called barks. At least Ubisoft is calling them that. And they mean, it kind of actually makes sense you'd have a, you'd have a word for this, especially if you're in the industry. But it's like, it's all the nonsense dialogue NPCs blurt out when you're just like running by. Like all the stuff that isn't actual dialogue. It's just like, hey, how you doing, adventurer? You know, like that kind of stuff, right? I feel like that should, not be AI generated. That's, I mean, I'm kind of with you, but listen, that's, that's what they're getting it to do is like, Ghostwriter generates first drafts of barks and gives writers room to flesh them out better to fit the game's narrative. Okay. So yeah, it's kind of like it's, it's generating initial samples and then they're that's able fine. to like take yeah. it, refine it, you know, edit it. Ben Swanson, an R&D, R&D scientist at LaForge, Montreal, said he created Ghostwriter to solve the issue of writing barks that would be triggered by certain situations, especially when there's a crowd full of NPCs. Mm. Uh, quote unquote, rather than writing first drafts themselves, Ghostwriter lets scriptwriters select and polish the samples generated, he said. And there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, I won't get too far into it. Uh, that's pretty much, you know, mostly all there is to say. He does state a few times that it's like the idea is that it will allow creators time to focus on what's sort of implied to be actually important, mm-hmm. like the real quest dialogue. And I feel mixed. I'm kind of with you. I, mm-hmm. I, I do also feel like that stuff is really, I mean, part of the problem with a lot of the barks, as they call them, <laughs> I'm always going to think about the Rubier now, yep. uh, is, um, that stuff can often ruin immersion in a game. It's it's ironic that this company is, and with their AI tool, Ghostwriter, is sort of looking at it as if it's, like, one of the least important things about game design. Yeah, no, but I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's it can absolutely ruin an, an experience, you know, an immersion. I totally um, agree with you. Like, some, some of the dialogue in some games is so fucking stupid. Yeah. And to me, I wonder if that's, like, a translation thing, possibly. You know, maybe it's not written in English, and it's just really roughly translated and it's like that's why it's so it sounds so dumb um i mean a lot of companies that we know are english-based right like Mm -hmm. don't really have an excuse (laughs) you know it's kind of like like a company like ubisoft for example who's of course primary language would be french but in montreal i mean they're all bilingual yeah yeah no but yeah yeah techline it it can make sense Mm. you know like we don't know but it can make sense yeah that still doesn't stop uh I mean, Ubisoft games have some pretty dumb dialogue sometimes too, right? So it's oh yeah, like, you know. all games do pretty much, or yeah. most, anyways. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about all, but I guess that's what Ubisoft would argue is that, like, they, from their perspective, maybe it's like our barks are already terrible. Mm-hmm. So if we just take away all the time from the development on those because they were god awful to begin with, and yeah. let them focus on, other, maybe they see it as like a win-win. Kind yeah, of thing, maybe they're like, all right, well, they'll just have to sift through a little something. It'll make them better. <laughs> yeah, maybe it actually will. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's entirely possible. You just don't have to spend as much. time I'm on it, and it's just filler work anyways, so yeah. just pick one out of five, yeah. and yeah. just go with it, you know? You know, it's I find the irony of a topic like this is that I was listening to an episode of Sacred Symbols today, and um, they were talking about the, they didn't call them this, because I think, it's, I, I don't still don't actually know at the moment if it's only Ubisoft calling them Barks, mm. but the Barks from the um, Harry Potter game. Mm. Like, they were talking about playing the Harry Potter game, and uh, one of the guys on the show, I think it was Chris, was saying, like... That one of the things that actually ruins immersion for him is 
having uh, those little NPC quips of like, you know, going on another adventure today, Harry? Yeah. Like the little yeah. nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. He's saying like, sometimes when you're burning through areas, he's like, he'll be, he'll be gunning through an area to just like deliver something to someone. And like, people will be yelling out like, going on another quest, Harry? Mm-hmm. And like, just like at moments when you're clearly doing something else mm-hmm. and like not in a moment to really... And he's saying it, it ironically, actually, like, like they're designed to enhance player immersion. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, it's making it way worse. Yeah. Because it's like, why would that NPC be screaming at me as I'm running, pa- as I'm sprinting past him at full speed? It makes no sense. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, but it's like, maybe, you know, maybe those barks, like, shouldn't even be there in a lot of cases. You know, it's sort of like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It, there's a lot of them in, oh, there's a lot of them in Cyberpunk, too, where it's kind of like, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. I remember Fallout you know? did that, too. Fallout yeah. 4 had a bunch. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyways, it's interesting to see a company's different approaches to AI. Right? Yep. yep. Like, we had that article about Paizo. Their stance is fascinating. It's so apropos. I mean, it's so fitting that Ubisoft would obviously completely embrace technology like this, but mm-hmm. interesting how they're doing it. I mean, the field itself is fascinating. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, it must be really cool to be this guy, you know, yep. like this, this head yeah. scientist, this head R&D scientist at at the Montreal studio. It sounds like he's done some, he has like a really, he's got really good chops in AI. I did a bit of research on it. He's a uh, uh, academic and professional background and like, he looks like he has very impressive credentials. So it's a fun project, you mm. know, and like whether it puts people out of business or not, it's like, if you could make something that could make really cool barks as they call them, that's fascinating. Yep. You know? It'd be a fascinating piece of tech. You know? mm-hmm. So, and <laughs> with, uh, you know, with, um, I know I'm hard on Ubisoft, but with their stuff too, it's like maybe it could even make it a lot better in certain cases. Possible. So possible. You never know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. That's all I have to say, but how about you? Yeah, no, not fair. Moving on to number four. Witcher game from the Molasses Flood being reevaluated by CD Projekt Red. This is March 21st. I got this off IGN, and IGN is getting it from a Twitter user, GameOver30, shared an announcement to investors that he dug up from the CD Projekt Red website. It's a regulatory announcement on their website. Hmm. And it was, it's worth noting that it's translated from Polish too. Hmm. Uh, although that's, it was done by CD Projekt themselves. CD Projekt Red is reevaluating the Molasses Flood's upcoming Witcher game, codenamed Sirius, and has filed an impairment charge as a result. So impairment charge, which is something I learned about today, is uh, something I learned about in school today, is a filed by a business, again, this is from IGN, filed by a business to write off assets that have dropped in value or been lost completely. What this means for the game is unclear, though it is possible that CD Projekt Red has essentially reset development. Uh, the Twitter post itself reads, uh, rather, the, just the Twitter snippet taken from the CD Projekt Red press release. CD Projekt Group is taking an impairment charge on Project Sirius. It is denied the project is scrapped altogether. However, as Senior Communication Manager Pavel Burza told IGN, our current focus is ensuring that Project Sirius is aligned with the strategy of the CD Projekt Group. At this point in time, we are neither providing insight into the evaluation of the project nor the potential future frameworks thereof. Sirius was announced in October last year, alongside three other new Witcher games. Only in pre-production at this time, it was two or three years away at best, and promised to deliver the Witcher universe to an audience beyond fans of the RPG series. Uh, what else is there to note? Uh, other things of note, Molasses Flood has ramped up uh, hiring significantly for Sirius, so this is a big deal for them, probably. Uh, it would be one of the first developers outside of CD Projekt Red's core studios to create a Witcher game, alongside Fool's Theory, who is witch- working on the Witcher remake. Uh, the company does have IGN Notes, which is also fascinating. The company does have a history of scrapping non-CD Projekt Red Witcher games, however. Mm-hmm. Witcher Remake was planned once before in development of French studio widescreen games for PS3 and Xbox 360, but eventually scrapped despite millions of dollars being invested. So all this to say, I mean, it could be a whole lot of nothing in terms of just like... Yeah. Yeah, they were just like, it's not coming along well. Um, we need to cut our cut losses. Cut our losses, yeah. 
And that could be an incredibly smart decision. Totally. You know? Like we, it's kind of hard to say without knowing uh, sort of anything about what they're working on. Exactly. Um, but I do think it's interesting that, I don't know, I mean, CD Projekt seems to be having a bit of a rough time of it lately uh, in terms of just not really being able to do much of note mm. since barely fixing Cyberpunk's 2077. I mean, the, the, the press was really good. It was really kind to them after that. I right. Also, largely in part due to the anime, right? Um, yep. The, the, the wide success of the anime. But like, yeah, press was good on them for like fixing the game. I still don't feel like the fix was that impressed. I mean, it's great to have it, but it was sort of like, to me, the problems with the game are more core. Mm-hmm. They're more like fundamental game design and yeah, like not yeah. fleshing out it's more like the first mission that's the heist is absolutely one of the best things I've ever played and then nothing in the game is like that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like they just put all their energy into like this one clear vertical slice that they used at previews to like impress the hell out of people because it works spent yeah I mean and it worked but like the rest is just like it's a neat sandbox to like see a you know visual art design representation of cyberpunk, but beyond that, it's sort of like a little empty, I guess. Yeah, no, so, I hear you. Anyways, uh, so you know, I mean, that's a, that's a bummer from Last of Flood. It's probably good that games that don't come out that aren't actually good. Yeah, um, no, I definitely think so. So I mean, I guess it just really what remains to be seen is I'm just concerned for how the company is doing if they're investing millions of dollars into field projects that's you know and their last game or you know came out a while ago they wrote a lot of successes like they made a ton of money off it but like it's pretty old now mm-hmm. for a company with as many people as it has yeah so what's next yeah what's next exactly we'll see we'll see we'll see we took a little break there uh apologies for the for the interruption in service but uh, as we come back we decided that whether he likes it or not we're going to put the alugalu cat by kipness just to give a proper shout out to this before, we're going to put it as the intro music because it's, which is, you know, a pretty big departure from what we usually do, but it is hilarious. Do it. Uh, <laughs> and I feel the need to take Teague's suggestion on this one. So just to plug in real quick, this, this music comes from the Kiffness from his YouTube channel. And this is the Alugaloog cat cross the Kiffness brackets soulful singing cat live looping. <laughs> so if you want to look up some Kiffness videos because they're hilarious, maybe give him a like, hit subscribe, whatever, you know, do do the usual YouTube thing. He's hilarious. Dude, and he's we'll, amazing. We're going to put that in the intro. Skills, fuck. Like, <laughs> he is extremely talented. Yeah, I agree. With I you. can't believe I'm there like, you know, fucking finding my head bopping to like cat noises <laughs> and shit, you know, or a song that's like focused around a cat making weird noises. I listened to Bo Burnham's song about the internet like six times while doing the dishes last mm-hmm. night mostly because i mean it's a hilarious song mostly because the music is really really good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's like I, I know exactly where you're coming from yeah yeah <laughs> hey, the the first part of that song definitely but when it trails off at the end as to like what the internet used to be oh i really dig I, that part too i don't yeah. uh, it totally gets me also yeah. well anyways um either way all of kiffness works for me oh so. dude dude, dude. <laughs> On to our final item. This is number five. A new Konami trademark could refer to Castlevania. Uh, so I'm getting this news off of IGN. IGN reports it off of VGC. Off the VGC article, reports of a new entry in the Castlevania franchise have been ongoing. Konami has filed a trademark that could refer to the Castlevania series. So the trademark, which is for the phrase... Oh, it's worth noting that uh, also VGC, it's the trail of citations. VGC got this from Gamatsu, which I believe is translated from Japanese. 
The trademark, which is for the phrase Project Zircon, was applied for last week and published today. The trademark was sought for use in a large number of fields, including quote-unquote software for commercial video game machines. Uh, Zircon is a jewel that is found in several Castlevania games and first made its appearance in Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I do recall that. Uh, it should be noted that the Project Zircon trademark also covers Konami for use in arcade machines and other quote-unquote commercial prize-winning game machines, meaning it's not a certainty that it refers to an upcoming console game. Like many of Konami's core gaming series, including Metal Gear Solid and until its recent resurrection, Silent Hill, they're talking about the Silent Hill 2 remake that mm -hmm. we will talk about later. Castlevania has been dormant for several years. Last mainline installment, Lords of the Shadow 2, released in 2014, a really long time ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, and was outsourced to external developer, Spanish studio Mercury Steam. Uh, while older titles have been released as part of compilations, no announcement of a new title in the series, has been, uh, series being developed has been made, uh, despite persistent reports. VGC first reported in 2021 that Konami was softening its stance over licensing more of its game properties to external studios. Uh, we've seen that most recently in the Castlevania characters appearing in Dead Cells. Right. Dead right. Cells Castlevania remake there. Our article noted that a Castlevania reboot was also in the works internally in Japan, as well as multiple Silent Hill games in development in numerous external studios. Latter was eventually proven to be true in October 2022, when Konami announced a number of external Silent Hill titles, including a remake of Silent Hill 2 by Bloober Team, the Polish studio behind The Medium, and Blair Witch. Hmm. A Konami developer recently acknowledged the excitement and enthusiasm of the fans online for the Castlevania franchise, saying the buzz was really motivating for Konami, quote-unquote. And that's the end of the article. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of stuff here. I mean, this is really, it's kind of like a rumors and hearsay. Yeah. The uh, trademark is real, of course, but uh, whether or not it actually points to a new Castlevania game is unknown. Right. Um, I think this is interesting mostly because, I mean, we, we do usually limit the specula speculative articles. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about them every now and then, but I wanted to discuss this one mostly just because I think that it's interesting off the back of um, the Dead Cells Castlevania stuff. Mm. Especially because we've just been talking for a long time, or at least I, mean, I guess mostly me, but um, although you have some experience with Castlevania from the old Lords, Lords of the Shadow also. Fuck, very little. Um, yeah, yeah. Very little. Lords of the Shadow 2 you played, right? Uh, I played 2. Between the two of us, I played 1. I played 2, two PS3 ones. Um, oh, okay. You probably played, there's also a maybe Lamented Innocence, I want to say. I don't know. That was a little bit lesser known. You fight werewolves at the beginning. And that probably describes all of them. <laughs> well, they, probably Lord one of Shadow of, One. One of them is like futuristic, and you're in Dracula's castle. That's two. Okay, that one I definitely did play too, but I okay. played another one that came up before that. The one with Patrick Stewart? I don't remember. Patrick Stewart voices a uh, main character in, in Lords of the Shadow One. I wouldn't have noticed. I, I, I don't think I played long enough to hear the main character speak. <laughs> it was like very short. I was like, yo, this is fucking hard. And I bought it at the pawn shop for, you know, five bucks or something yeah. just because I was bored and I tried it out and I was like... I never got into it, you know. Yeah. So that's the extent of my Castlevania experience. Like I was saying last time, like I'm not that into Dead Cells Castlevania because it's sort of like it's neat, like it's cool to have crossover stuff, but I feel like that, I mean, in my opinion, that needs to support like mainline things, mm -hmm. right? It needs to sort of work as like a marketing tool to like bring enhanced attention to like real, quote unquote, real versions of your franchise, right? Like real games in the franchise, like God of War characters appearing in Shovel Knight. I mean, I don't like that stuff personally. I'm no. just not I'm not that into it, but it makes sense for them at least because. Because it's like, okay, you're you're sort of like, yes, it's promotion for Shovel Knight, but it's also promotion for the greater God of War series. And it's like, if you like these characters, you like them because you play the mainline games and because you're into the mainline games. And I just feel like it's really time for... Like, I feel like Konami needs to, unlike Capcom, like Capcom has been 
it's weird because, you know, Capcom has made new games, but they've also been sort of just, like, reinventing their own wheel for a while, right? Like, mm-hmm. all the remakes, you know? Uh, by all accounts, like, RE4 Remake sounds incredible. Um, right, if right. Dead Island 2 is not very good, I will 100% be playing it. Right. Um, actually, I, I guess I can give a quick shout-out. I saw a really funny... I won't say too much about it because it's a little bit spoiler territory, but there's a really neat Easter egg that they added into the first encounter of the game, the famous church scene, mm-hmm. where it's like you have to survive for, like, four minutes before the, right, right, the church right. bell rings. And supposedly, I guess I can say it because it's really not spoilers unless you've beaten the game. Uh, you can only do this, and I just read about it today, and I thought it was so cool. You can only do it in New Game Plus, but it's like, if you get a rifle in that scene, there's a sequence where you can you can actually, it's really hard to see because it's obscured by fog and it's in the distance, but if using the rifle scope, you can see the bell tower in the distance, and you can mm. shoot it to make the bell ring, mm. which ends the encounter early, because that's how the encounter actually ends after four minutes, is the bell rings and they wow. all go to church. That's cool. It's really, really neat, and it's like, that's just like a cool little thing they added to the game that wasn't in the original. Absolutely. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just can't, I, I love Capcom's handling of these things. Mm. It's, they're just so incredibly good. And like, I'm a little frustrated by Konami's sort of lack of willingness to experiment with Castlevania. Mm. Especially with all the, you know, like the TV show was just so well received. And it's it was, like, yeah. Yeah. they do weird stuff, like put characters in other games. And it's like, I don't get why they didn't just give the keys to the castle to, to the Dead Cells team and just say, just make, like you guys are incredibly talented at this style of game. Just make a new Castlevania game. Hmm. Use all the IP and just make it similar to Dead Cells. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be fine. Like make something that's like kind of like Symphony of the Night, more action oriented and like, they've got the chops for like uh, 2D action stuff, you know? Right. So it's right. like, I don't know. Yes. I mean, I just, I think it makes perfect sense for them to make a new Castlevania game. It's been too long. And like, I feel like if anything, the success of Dead Cells Castlevania will encourage them, but they really need to, they need to eventually make a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because like, they can't ride on the success of the series forever. No. Like it can't always be just like old school tie-ins. Like they kind of have to a little bit like guys, like just, you know, like stop being afraid of uh, uh, you know afraid of your one of your most successful franchises like they're doing it with Silent Hill you know Silent Hill 2 remake looks to me pretty cool mm. uh, it looks like it's in it's it's in it's in similar territory to RE remakes obviously probably not as quality but like in terms of just the way it's like a reimagining of the original look mm-hmm. you know like all more or less the, the same stuff but like completely different visually I don't know. I mean, I just, I really think that they really need to make a new game. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I'm with you. It's just been too long. So it's like, all that to say, I find this Project Zircon, the fact that it would be another Castlevania game, the fact that it's referenced to old Castlevania Symphony of the Night items, uh, they have Zircon in like several of the games as a collectible item. Like it totally makes sense that it's Castlevania. The timing makes sense for Castlevania based on the success of Dead Cells. And they really need to do something. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be, for sure, this is going to be a Castlevania announcement soon. Here's hoping. I hope, you know. Like, I mean, I, I really just, because I love the series, and like, man, every time I, this is a really weird random tangent, but like, part of the reason why I like my new condo is because it, it opens on um, this abandoned church in Oshlaga that is incredibly beautiful. Hmm. And it's like, it really looks like an old-style gothic church. And like, hmm. every day I look at it and I'm just like, it's so Castlevania. <laughs> you know, I really just, you know, Castlevania is such a good franchise and like, it res- it so clearly resonates so well with a really, really large fan base of gamers. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I talked to a game that, a, a game, I talked to a guy that was like 20, like worked at a coffee shop like within the last week. Um who has never played a Castlevania game, but he absolutely knows what the franchise is, and, like, he's aware of it, and, like, he would be excited for a new Castlevania game. For sure. But, like, why would you sign on to play something that's, you know, 10, 15 years old? That's all that's out there, right? 
Exactly. Like they need, you know, it's it's like the press is good and like working with other collaborators is good, but you need to drive them towards a product. Mm-hmm. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise it's just like it's kind of just churning your like like you know, I don't know what's your expression. Wheels. Thank you, spinning your wheels. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, anyways, so I just really hope that it's going to be another Castlevania soon. And that would be cool. We need it. I mean, it's been it's been too long and like they can't they can't rest on their laurels forever, you know. No. Um, well, maybe they put out a new season. <laughs> I guess, yeah, but ultimately, does that even bring them that much money? You know what I mean? So, I like, know. I feel like the success of those things only really works if it's like fueling other product. You know what I mean? Because it's like it should be marketing. Maybe. Like, I don't, I don't, I kind of doubt CD Projekt made that much money on Cyberpunk Edge Runners. It's more that it's just marketing. It's I don't know. really, really like it pushed so many customers. Oh, for sure, right? for sure. I mean, the, there was a. I, I remember we covered that in the news. It was something like a million copies sold within mm-hmm. a week of Edge Runners coming out. Yeah, like no, that's but... what you need to do, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is they don't have a product no <laughs> it's no. like all you can do is you can buy like castlevania Game Boy advance collection for like 40 bucks or symphony of the night remaster for but like who, 30 bucks like again who wants they're too old yeah i mean people like me want it but that's not who you need to get the money out of well no right like they gotta do something they do <laughs> I, just, I really hope that this is that just turns out to be like a really nice mainline castlevania game. yeah yeah but, that could be uh, cool what I would love them to do is, I know I keep saying this, bringing back Harmony of Despair, which is the weird multiplayer one. You can mm. play with up to four people. That sounds cool. It was amazing, dude. It was so amazing. It was like a more, I don't know, it was like half Castlevania, half Diablo, but like really small levels. Like each level was like, there was actually a timer. There was a 60 minute timer per level. Hmm. So you can imagine they're not that big, right? Because right. you have to get through them in, no, it was maybe even like a 30 minute timer or something. Hmm. It's like you'd burn through a level in like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. And you would just, do them all again for like cool new loot and like your character would get levels and there was like 12 different characters including like but the cool thing about it too is like they had Castlevania characters from every Castlevania Hmm. and they looked exactly like they did in each game like pixel perfect so like Simon Belmont from like Castlevania 2 is pixelated but like uh, Alucard from Symphony of the Night is like sort of 16-bit pixelated Mm, like a little bit pixelated and like other characters are not pixelated at all Mm. and like it just Man, it was so awesome. That's yeah. cool. And they had like all the original music and stuff. Yeah, it was awesome. But anyways, so I would love something like that. But it's like even if they just do something like that, like that could be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like it would at least be a Castlevania game that's like an actual Castlevania game, yeah. Yeah. and not just like a collaboration with someone. You know? Yeah. Um, that's all we got from the news. Do you want to talk real quick about what we've been playing? Sure. Why don't you? Why don't you lead? All I've really been doing is a little bit of arc still. Um, not too much. Tell me about your, can I make a horrible pun, your arcscapades? Arcscapades. That's, that's, I think it's too bad. I might have to cut that. What have I done in arc? Nothing much, man. <laughs> Nothing much. Just, we were going to go to war and uh, too oh, many yeah. people have faded. Oh, yeah. I talking about that last Yeah, time. too many people have bounced now. Okay. Just gotten tired of it, I guess. And, Fizzled. Mm-hmm. The war effort is suffering. Well, now there's only a couple of us on. Yeah, there's no point in going to war. Right. Like, two of us or three of us. Like, yeah. It'd be more fun if like we have... You know, three two-man teams or something, four two-man teams, and we're all battling. That could be cool, but no, nah, people fizzled, and, you know, uh, one of the guys we play with is UK, so time-wise, this fucked up. Another one is West Coast, so we all have to get on to do, like, boss fights and stuff, and it's just, like, the timing doesn't work out well, you know? So. Yeah. I just messed around with that a little bit. Really not that much. That's it, man. What about <clears throat> you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, uh, I've been busy. Um, I beat Chain Echoes. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I mean, I, Chain Echoes, I think the only problem with it for me, uh, was a similar problem that a lot of JRPGs have is that 
I think I find that no matter how good the product is, that style of game tends to become a little tired for me towards the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, most games become a little tired towards for the sure. end, right? That's not a weird occurrence. No. And so it's like it a little bit was like my interest waned a bit in the last sort of like fifth of the game, maybe. Okay. But I mean, I played for like 76 hours. That's it's huge. A, it's huge, yeah. And I really did, I did all the side content. Mm. And like, you don't have to do that. Like, to, especially towards the end of the game, like the end game sort of stuff, there's really no need to. I just did it because I was like, why not? Why not? It's know? there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was kind of having fun with the combat system. I really enjoyed it. And Chain Echoes, I mean, you know, after playing it, it's like, I guess the biggest criticism I have of it is, for me, the, the world didn't work as well as the story did. The story itself, following the characters and what happens to them is pretty good, but the greater context of the world where it's like this new continent with all these new places and there's a lot of names and there's a lot of like random magic academies and like this kind of thing and this kind of thing. And just, it, for me, it's too many names. And it's also like, it's too much different from the real world. Like he has, it's not only, it's not only like Game of Thrones in terms of like there's all these different like sort of factions and stuff, mm-hmm. but also like there's a lot of different, it's not just humans and they're not elves or, you know, I mean, I guess they have goblins, but it's like, it's not like elves, dwarves and go- and gnomes or something. Mm. They're like bird creatures and weird midget creatures with mustaches a lot and mm. like, you know, ones that look like, like animals in cases, like a lot of the animals are races, you know, like so they'll mm. be like cat people or something. But it's just like, it's kind of like a little too different. Cadget. What's that from? Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And it's like. Argonian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like one or two of them, it's cool, but mm-hmm. like too many. Mm-hmm. And I found the lore of, of uh, Skyrim, it didn't feel. I mean, I don't. It's not a game I would sort of like call out for its story, but like I never felt sort of like overwhelmed by the lore of Skyrim. No. You know, I don't know. It was not. Like I feel like there's a way to present things that it, that can make it less less cumbersome. Yep. And um, I don't. I mean, I don't know if I'll have to talk to my friend Joel about this sometime. Cause he's the only other person I know who's like really. I mean, he he's the one who sold me on the game, and I'm glad I took his recommendation because the game was incredible. And like the combat system and the mechanics, it really is a modern JRPG in like all the right ways. Mm-hmm. Like it fixes like all the problems with the old ones. So I mean. It is uh, one of the best JRPGs I've ever played. No. That goes without saying, but the places where it lost me, like the story didn't come together for me in the same way that like it's a deep cut, but Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy VI, Chrono Trigger, some, it's like the individual story beats for the characters worked better than most modern JRPGs I've seen, mm-hmm. but the overarching world and story like wasn't quite as, it just didn't work for me the same way the old ones did. No, I got you. But at the same time, I play games mostly these days for mechanics. I like mechanics, you know? And, like, all the mechanics of the game was really awesome. Um, and it's like they cut down on a lot of the shit that you usually do in JRPGs that is, like, really mind-numbing or boring is just, like, not there at all. Mm-hmm. It's completely absent. So, like, everything you're doing is fun. It's, um, okay. well. it's really interesting, yeah. So, I-, I really liked it. I mean, I had a really good time with the game. And nice. Um, nice. besides that, I played... Uh, this is gonna, I mean, I guess mostly for Matt, cause he's, I think, the only person I know who plays Returnal, but, which I played because of him. I got the grappling in a, in a really bad, uh, in a really regrettable playing hooky from work for like an hour today that I should not have done. Uh, I got the, I succeeded at getting the grappling hook from beating level two of Returnal. Okay. And it's like, it's completely mind blowing because like me and Matt have tried, I mean, this is really inside baseball, but like Matt and I have tried to, 
to be this boss like a lot of times mm. it's completely insane the game is like bullet hell madness but you really do get better at it over time right for sure i had a lucky run and like i had like i had more than doubled my initial health which is like crazy i had like seven artifacts enhancing my abilities i had a really good gun and like i just i just destroyed him mm. whereas like, we died like little bitches like every other time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but so i got the grapple hook and it's like insane now because it's like all these inaccessible things because there's grapple points all over the place right right uh in in the initial levels that you just can never access mm-hmm. so now it's like i'm really excited to just even going back through the game one time on the initial level it's like there's going to be all these it's like secret areas that i can access now that i couldn't access normally right it's just like it's it's huge and uh the game's awesome yeah Nice. So, I mean, that's kind of what I've been playing. Like, I guess in the non-video game world, I did get Frosthaven recently, which has been pretty cool. The game is daunting as hell, and it's like, it's it's so mentally heavy. <laughs> yeah. But I finally tried it once with my old my, my old apartment roommate uh, from Shambhal Street. Um, my buddy Min, who I don't think listens to this podcast, but maybe he does, I don't know. And it was really neat to try it. I mean, it's like, I, I it was the same good Frosthaven gameplay and it's like the same thing that kind of makes me sort of like the same reason why I'm a little bit weighed down by how big Frosthaven is is the same reason why Frosthaven's good, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is that it does things that no other board game will do. Right, right. But also because of that, it has like a million components and like a yeah. like hundred things to take care of, and it's just like it's, it's a lot. A, it's a lot, man. Yeah, it's a lot. But um, that's pretty much it for me. I mean, it's been it's been a good time uh, video gaming, and it's like I'm really. Now that I'm finished Chained Echoes, I mean, God, I, I beat games so rarely these days, too. You know what I mean? Like, it's like almost never happens now. I never <laughs> like, used to. I didn't even finish Elden Ring. Like, I loved it, you know, but yeah, I didn't that's even finish weird. it. That's you know? weird that you never finished it. Well, it's kind of like, it's actually not weird, though, because what happens was I got a, I got Raider's Block on Millennia, right? Mm. The first time. And then, I mean, yeah, we almost got there, but like... But she's an optional boss. Yeah, but not for me. I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, but That's the thing is, it. but but hear me out. I will. The fact that you got stuck there stopped you from completing the game. So possibly it might have been an idea to just say, fuck it, and aim for her on New Game Plus. New Game Plus? She'd be like... Way harder. Are you crazy? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. That's 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 well. That's at madness. least finish the game, you know. Like, uh, yeah, the yeah. fact that you missed out on a, you know, I don't know, a sixth of the game, maybe, because you didn't beat this optional boss, is kind of like. Did you go to Fire Missoula? Yeah, no, I did. Okay, I did okay. Fire Missoula all the way up to the final boss, which I was saving it because I thought we could co-op the Ancient Dragon together. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. You remember okay, the no, Ancient so Dragon? So you didn't miss out on that much then. Right? Yeah, I think it was it was pretty much right at the end. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. not so bad. I well, thought that you got stopped there and then didn't continue in Fire Missoula, and I was just like, no, no. Dude. I actually I had done all of Fire Missoula before I went to Millennia. Oh, okay, yeah. okay yeah. yeah. Before I went to the Ur- what is it, Shadow of the Earth Tree Zone? Or Something no, like that's it. the expansion. Oh uh, uh, yeah, no. I can't remember what the zone is called. Base of the Earth Tree. Uh... Yeah, base of the Earth Tree. Something like that. Earth Tree Capital. Maybe. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. But anyways, it's kind of like it makes sense if you know the kind of player I am with from software games. Mm-hmm. It's like no, I hit a block, and it's like either I do that block or. But also when I stopped, I was like. It had been a long time playing, mm-hmm. and I was like, because I wanted to try again with like a samurai character, maybe, right? Which I did, and it's like it just, you know, it's just such a long, big game, and it's like, yeah, 
I don't feel bad about stopping. No, I'm just go- more just surprised I never finished it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but also at the length of it, it's not that surprising to not finish it. You know, like I figure a right? lot of people didn't. You know, yeah. I'm floored that I did. I mean, Chain Echoes, I played for 76 hours and completed. At 76 hours, I was barely into Elden Ring. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like because I play slow those kind of games and like, dude. I think my first playthrough, like, I was at, like, hour, like, 140 or something when I got to... It was a long time before I got to Millennia. Like, oh, yeah. A lot more than 76 hours. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure how many, but... Uh, yeah, no, definitely it's a lot really more. long game. Yeah, no, it's really long. And uh, But, yeah, it's like I'm in a really good spot right now because, it's like, I finished Chain Echoes, I beat something. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, Returnal is perfect for, like, small sessions. I've just been playing. It's like a run lasts like one to two hours, mm-hmm. and they have that suspend cycle now, so you don't even have to worry about losing your run if you turn the okay. the console off. So it's like Returnal's amazing, but it's a really great small burst game. So it's like, what am I going to do next? You know, like I've still got like I've got like three weeks until uh, Dead Island comes out, right? mm-hmm. so I'm not going to play anything big until then. Maybe Elden Ring. Maybe go back to Elden Ring. Hey, I'm mean, down to try Millennia again. I don't think I deleted it. Would you? I mean, would you be down for co-op and just like the Blood Temple? Uh, not Blood. Uh, beneath Landil Capital. Oh, the uh, the, the sewers. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Because I mean, like, I have my. I wouldn't mind maybe progressing my my samurai also, right? Because like okay. I I, I kind of stopped in Landil, and it got a little bit too. Uh, that's the last place where I was playing, and I was just like. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, and I was like, I think I'm I'm good for now, you know? Like, oh, fuck. But it's the second time I was playing through and stuff. But, I don't, uh, honestly, I don't even remember. I think I think I might have played some on my, like, alternate account. I don't know if I have multiple characters on my main account, or if I have... Maybe I only have two there, and then I might have some on my other. Because I... Dude, I made quite a few characters. I, yeah, I believe like, you. <laughs> I remember, man. I, I want a little ham. You so. really did. Yeah, you really did. You were telling me about the strategies, not vice versa. Yeah. Which was pretty pretty impressive for that kind of game. <laughs> Considering I wasn't into it. Yeah, like, I mean, Yo, give it a try. Uh, <laughs> Considering your previous experience with Dark Souls was like, I can't equip the sword. Yeah, I've no, never no, played... Or was it Bloodborne? No, it was Bloodborne. <laughs> I, never, I never learned the... I never got a weapon. Because you have to pick it, right? In the yeah. graveyard? Yeah. I never did that. So I was like, <laughs> I don't know really how funny. to equip a sword. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I didn't have one. But going from that to, like, being the master of Elden Ring way before I am, you know what I mean? Like, that's... But I also, I wasn't overly interested in Bloodborne. I yeah, just true. got it for cheap because I got a PS4, I think. And you were like, yo, try this game. It's dope. And I think it was, like, probably, like, 20 bucks or something. Um, if you went back to it now after playing Elden Ring, you might really dig it. Probably. I don't know. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, they really have the same DNA. Yeah. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I tried Dark Souls three briefly and was just kind of like, meh. Yeah. Like uh, I'd rather just play Elden Ring. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. It's. It makes less sense to go back to a Dark Souls because there's. There's. There's so much. I mean, Elden Ring in in so many ways is Dark Souls Four. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it really is the same thing, just in a giant version. Just better. Different uh, land and whatever. Just but, better. So, just kind of. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, like open pe- world pizza horses. with more sauce. I mean, <laughs> horses. You yeah. Know, open worlds. Yeah. Different. Like, like a know. lot of the elements that Ghost of Tsushima has in like a crazy from software game. I yeah, mean, no, a lot of them. I shouldn't say that. The the roaming around. Yeah, no, I get to like fast like yeah yeah i mean it's mm-hmm. crazy like yeah anyways but uh so yeah all that to say it's a good it's a good spot to be in because now it's like my gaming world is just completely open and it's nice. like play whatever i want you know yeah i don't know it's weird but it's like it's kind of oddly freeing not having too many triple a games at the same time yeah because you know i have so many games in the library that like i could go back to and never really give a shot at mm-hmm. like returnal is one of them right like uh that's a great game that i never tried you know it's yep. like fantastic 
Anyways, so we'll do some really quick rapid fire, and then that's all we have for you for today. Number one, Crime Boss Rocky City launch trailer released March 27th. The game comes out today, March 28th, on PC. Uh, worth noting that the console releases are, uh, they're just noted as being at a later time. So we don't know. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, the Rocky City launch trailer, there isn't much to note here. The trailer itself is cool. I mean, go check it out if you're interested. It's a very good launch trailer. I could have done a better job of checking this ahead of time, but I didn't check what actual footage. I assume the actual footage is out now. What I heard about the game was that it was buggy and that the combat is kind of janky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trailer makes it look slick. I think the only thing that remains to be seen with this game is, like, can the actual gameplay withstand, you know, real people playing it? Yep. <laughs> like, and not be complete and utter garbage? Because I think Rock A City, Crime, Crime Boss Rock A City, my perspective on this game is completely just, like, it looks like dumb, silly fun. Mm-hmm. And quick and dirty and easy and, like, like a payday that's, like, really high budget. Right. right. You know, and that's something that I kind of like the idea of. Yeah. Um, be fun. Yeah, I mean, and it's like, it could be really, I mean, it could be mad fun with friends if it's just decent. You mm-hmm. know, like, all it needs to be is, like, marginally okay. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I mean, that, that's kind of all I got to say about it is I'm just really curious because the, the reviews are probably going to start coming out. I think the one bad sign is that the review embargo must have been pretty much day of release because I checked this morning, I think, and there was uh, all of zero reviews of the game on hmm. PC, even though it releases today. So that's bad. Um, or it's you, it's not always bad, but it's like typically bad. Um, so I'm just curious to see how it actually does because, uh, you know, game has, I mean, it's like, it's got a star, it's got a star crew that's fun. And if it just has decent gameplay and you have four player co-op of like heist type stuff, that could be awesome. Could be dope. Yeah. yeah. So really curious to see how that does. But we'll see. I'll be keeping, I'll keep you keeping an eye on that. Um, on to number two. Bloober Team says it's Silent Hill 2 Remake is close to completion. So this game, this guy got off Video Games Chronicle. Um, subheading, the studio's CEO has also called virtual reality, quote-unquote, the long-term future of horror. Development of Silent Hill 2 is close to being completed, according to Bloober Team. Following months of anticipation, rights holder Konami announced in October that the Polish studio behind the medium, Layers of Fear and Blair Witch, was remaking its 2001 survival horror game for PS5 and PC. Uh, and then this is off... A translated interview with uh, outlets PAP Business via Bankier and Google Translate. Uh, so it's it's a it's just a, it's a Polish thing, right? And we're we're getting this very secondhand. But from this translation, uh, Bloober Team CEO Piotr Babieno, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, says Silent Hill 2 is technically ready. He revealed in a new interview, it does not mean the game is finished, but we are close. However, the issue of the release schedule lies with our partners, what the promotion will look like, and what the, when the title will debut is not directly in our hands. Uh, powered by Unreal Engine 5, the remake will introduce an over-the-shoulder camera, while Bloober is rebuilding the combat system and certain set pieces. Game will be released for PS5 as a console exclusive, as well as PC. I believe that's incorrect. Uh, it appears to be only a timed exclusive, so timed exclusive for PS5, uh, as well as PC, and publisher Konami has said original creators, such as art director Masahiro Ito and composer Akira Yamaoka, are closely involved in the project. That's pretty much it. Uh, there's a bunch of dialogue about him talking about how he would love... He, he thinks that VR is like the future of horror on, on the platforms. That's very interesting. Makes a lot of sense. You can yeah. see why. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting to note that... Because we've heard pretty much nothing about this game since the teaser at the... I want to say it was the Silent Hill Showcase, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very small teaser. Um, and I just think it's really encouraging to hear that it's doing really well. Uh, yeah. And I, I assume... like I think it's even possible that this comes out like this year now. It's... I mean, nobody knows, but like, it's not, to me, it's not completely far-fetched that it would come out this year. Um, and if not, like, probably pretty darn soon after. But I'm kind of stoked. I mean, yeah, no, I'm curious. Curious to see anything. 
I'll just I'll take a second also to plug um, my friend Joel got me onto a listener Joel got me onto this State of the Arc podcast, hmm. which is like a long form podcast where these uh, these these I guess the, the, they seem like writing guys, but a bunch a couple guys from a fairly academic intellectual p- point of view they break down like all the themes underlying video games. Hmm. Uh, like they have like a five episode they're long like they're really long. It's like a it's a total of like a ten hour breakdown of Silent Hill two. Whoa. But I've listened to like two episodes, the first two, and it's really neat. They just kind of like they talk about what all the shit in the game means hmm. or may mean. But it's like, it's not just that. It's also, cause I also listened to a Final Fantasy VI one. And in the, in the Final Fantasy VI one in episode one, they, they're going through like constant quotes from the actual developers of the game talking about why they made stuff back in like 1993. Hmm. And it's just, it's really interesting cause it's almost like a really cool historical like viewpoint back into like how game creation was done in these times. Yeah. You know, anyways, like all that to say, like their podcast is kind of cool and like it's very inside baseball, but it, if you want to deep dive into like the themes of Silent like I listened to the Silent Hill 2 thing and it just got me really excited to like retread this game. Yeah. And yeah. like see a new like all the crazy horror shit because it's like it just got me to remember how amazing the game is. Um and I just really hope that uh Bloober doesn't drop the ball on this and it's like if it's even just I feel like marginally okay. Then it, it's yeah. going to be it's good. A win. You know, yeah, yeah. So, and you know, Konami is the same company that does Castlevania. So it's like, if Blooper Team does well with uh, Silent Hill 2 remake, you know, maybe. maybe we'll get a Castlevania game. You know maybe what I mean? Yes. Like they need, they need, they need to be, they need encouragement. Yep. So yep. I'm hoping it goes well. I'm just excited to hear that it may come out a lot sooner than we think. Yep, that'd be good. Moving on to number three, Diablo 4 has a review in progress. Uh, so I mainly just wanted to note this because Diablo 4 is making waves everywhere. Uh, the, the review is out, or the, sorry, the beta is out. Everyone's going nuts. Um, it sounds like it's really good. Mm. I know a lot of my friends are really excited about it. And I just want to say that it looks like it's quite, from what all the industry people are saying about it, it seems like it's doing really good. Okay. My friend Min, who is playing Frosthaven with me, also confirms that he, he's really psyched about it too. He thinks it looks amazing. I'm not excited about this, um, because I, just not in the mood for a new Diablo game. Nope. I think I'm just kind of tired of what they do. I don't know. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm zero excited about this. I love Diablo 2, the, 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 the remake, Re- really, Resurrection. Yeah, Resurrection. I, it's like remake feels misleading, but like, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a remake. Pretty uh, it's much. It's really just a graphic, up, graphic up res, but, um, yeah, the, the, I love Diablo 2, and I just don't, I'm not, I'm just not as interested in like a new big budget Diablo game as I used to be, I guess. Fair enough. You know, but it sounds like it's doing really well and I'm happy it's doing well and I will probably check it out when it comes out. It's coming out in like June, I think. Okay. That's soon. So yeah, no, it's pretty soon and it's nice to see that it's getting received well. That's it. And my friends were excited about it. So I think that's cool. It's primarily a co-op game in a lot of cases. Hmm. They're into it for co-op. So it's like, I'll probably get it to play with them, but, um, yeah, game looks like it's doing well, so that's great. Nice. Moving on to number four, Aliens Dark Descent exclusive gameplay release date trailer. So we have had incredibly little information about Aliens Dark Descent for ever since it was spoiled first at, I, I want to say, can't remember, it was some... Years ago. Was it even Nacon Connect? No, I... I yeah, it wasn't years ago. It was like last year, maybe VGAs or something, right? Decades ago. <laughs> We've only been doing this podcast for like two years. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a bunch of new gameplay out. I would go check out the trailer if you're interested. I think this looks, the release date itself is June 20th. That's on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Series SX, and PS5. So all, all the stuff. Okay. I guess not Switch. That's the only one it's not coming to. Oh no. And, I mean, listen, it looks pretty good. 
it's a tactical squad based aliens game. Right. We were talking about it before, right? I'm just not sure how that fits in the aliens world. I don't know if it's a good idea. But who knows? It's more I like the I like the IP. I like the IP a lot. Yeah. And um I'm curious. I'm not a strategy person. I don't like strategy games. Neither am I. Yeah. I, I am a bit of a strategy person, but I still just feel like I, I don't know if an alien strategy is really the great, the yeah, great well, fit. But... I mean, way back in the day I played Command and Conquer. Sure, yeah. I fucking loved it. Yeah, that was like, a great game. I went yeah. crazy. I didn't play it, but Command my friend Matt played it a lot. <laughs> the OG Command and Conquer. That's really cool. I didn't know that. I went ham on that. Yeah. Um, it was amazing. That's the extent of my strategy. You know, I like, mean, well, that is a true... 1,000% percent real-time strategy game. But that was, you know, 25 years ago. Ish, maybe yeah. more. <laughs> um, so I think it was like mid to late 90s. Yeah. I can't late. remember. Yeah. Probably late 90s. Maybe, maybe, maybe like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, it's long time. I can't remember, man. Long time. Yeah, I mean, easy search. But anyways, that's the last time I played a strategy game. I don't care for them. But I know a lot of people love it. I feel like... The IP might appeal to more action-oriented people, yeah, as opposed to strategy. Yeah. It at least looks like a fairly actiony strategy game. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's pretty yeah. quick and like it doesn't. It's not like a turn-based one, right? No, no, right? Like so that's there, but yeah, I know what you mean, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just I don't know. I don't know the, the feel. We'll see when it comes out. I'm not interested. If you are, great. Check it out. I'll pay attention to it. Yeah. I mean, I can say that for sure. I'm um, gonna look, but I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I'm definitely gonna be curious to see how the how the reviews are. I mean, June twentieth is not that far away. The game looks like it's coming along. Like just in terms of a game, it looks like a, mm-hmm. it's coming along very well. That's great. And I guess I'm mostly interested just because, I mean, it's like the Aliens franchise for me was really, really heavily revitalized by Fireteam. Right. Big um, time. Yeah. I mean, it just like, it had been so long since we'd gotten a good Aliens game. And that was not just a good Aliens game. It was a great Aliens game. Yep. yep. <laughs> so it was mostly because of that. And like, that sort of like, it's, it's, it's surprising how long, like, that alone has given me interest. In, like, I don't think I would care about this if Aliens Fireteam hadn't nope, come out. definitely wouldn't. You know what I mean? But definitely now, because wouldn't. of the success of that, it's like, suddenly, I'm curious, yeah. it puts everything in a new light, and it's like, what I like the most about this is that it's just very, very different. Mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of real-time strategy games, or like, you know, squad-based strategy games, period. And of the ones that are there, I don't, I think it's possible they've literally never done an Aliens one. Makes sense. There hasn't been one I can recall, and there's a goddamn lot of Aliens games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so fucking, it's like I the know. list on Wikipedia must be just like. Yeah, insane. I feel like I can think of like, you know, five on P, like, like SNES or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, Probably. I can't. Yeah. I, I know one on SNES, maybe a second one, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Aliens 3 on SNES was pretty good, actually. Hmm. Scary, man. Well, uh, regardless, all that to say, Aliens, it's different. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, yeah. Uh, moving on to number five, Bandai Namco tells players how many times they died. So Bandai Namco Entertainment released this like really fun sort of infographic on their site um, where they, and I think they shared it via Twitter too, um, where they basically, they have a bunch of stats in terms of like like worldwide Elden Ring stats. Like what's the most used incantation? How many times cumulatively have people died? What is the boss that people have died the most on, which I think is Millennia. Definitely. Um, and let me call up this... Uh, it's really cool. Just search Bandai Namco, like, Elden Ring statistics. Yeah. I think it's to celebrate the one-year anniversary of the game. Okay. Is that, as an example, you know, they say 5.9 billion boss attempts have been made worldwide. Uh, Elden Ring players have initiated nearly 6 billion boss battles since launch. Causes of death, over 9 billion deaths. Um, 2% by another player. 14% next biggest one, fall to, falling to death, which is amazing. 15% status effects. 
like Scarlet Rod mm -hmm. poison, you know, and then 69% enemies and NPCs. I'm kind of surprised about the uh, 2%. Player death? Yeah. By another player? I mean, it's just kind of like, imagine how many deaths you've had cumulatively compared to how many times you've been killed by a player. It's just, you die so many fucking times. Oh, I know, game. I know, but I'm shocked at how often people oh. have died by other players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like... I thought you meant the other way around. That's nowhere near the reality for me, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. like it would be like less than like 0.00001%. It's like, a, yeah, I probably Comparatively. Die. Me too. Know? No, I feel like I die from another player like one out of every must be like 100 times I die. Or if if even, even that, yeah, man, like yeah. that seems way high. Sometimes you try a boss like 10 times. Like, I mean. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> in uh, one boss. I don't know. And well, just the fact that not getting invaded when you're not playing co-op, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe you can still get invaded without being... There's probably a way to enable it. Probably. Like an item you can use. I didn't play around with it enough. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, anyways, I'm just shocked by it. And whatever, it doesn't matter. It's some really cool stats. They also have like top five spells cast, top five most acquired incantations. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool stuff. Like go go check it out if you're curious. Uh -huh. uh, moving on to number six, Destiny two players are gathering in the tower to honor Lance Reddick. Um, this is just a real quick one. I mean, he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, Lance Reddick of the famous. I mean, gosh, so many things. But the Wire uh, Fringe, which I forgot about, mm -hmm. is the uh, the boss in Fringe. I guess he's the boss in the wire too, kind of. Kind of yeah. uh, at least of the of the beginning of the you know task force or whatever special task mm -hmm. force. Destiny two, he plays Commander Zavala. Uh, that's what I probably know him the most for. Oh, played... John Wick too. Yeah, yeah, John Wick. I mean, he was amazing in John Wick. Like... He's been in everything for the past thirty years. Yeah, he's he's maybe it's not that long, is it? I want to say definitely the 30. wire. When's the wire? I mean, if he was 90s? sixty, no, the wire was two thousands. I don't yeah. think I ever saw anything before that, you know? That's possible. Yeah. Um, well, anyways, no, he's a super, I mean, he's an everywhere kind of guy. Yeah, he's been around for a very fucking long time. Oh, I didn't realize it. Yeah, I feel like he's been around for long, maybe, oh, he was in Lost. Oh, man. Like, gosh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that was 2004 to 2010. Huh. So, um, he was in Oz. Okay. Yeah, fuck, the guest as well. Jonah Hex, oof. <laughs> Oof. Like I was saying earlier. Yeah, Law and Order. He was in Law and Order in the night really? in, in 1990. But not the original Law and Order. Yeah. It must have been one of the spin-offs. Uh, no, no, it must have been one of the Yeah, I only like the original Law and Order. I didn't like any of the spin-offs. But it's entirely believable he would be in Law and Order. Well, actually, that is McCoy. So this does look like the oh, original. Shit. Yeah, maybe I just, I must have just forgotten about him. Well, who knows who he was, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he probably was. Could have been a really, really minor part. Like, yeah. But I anyways, all in all, he's been around. And in a lot of good stuff, but yeah. in a lot of bad stuff, too. I mean, like I was saying before, I think he's one of those workaholic actors. Yeah, totally. You know? well, like, looking uh, at his filmography, it's, it's like... the same way that Sam Jackson does Snakes on a Plane, the same way that he does, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like in Django Unchained. Wait, was he? Yeah, he was in Django Unchained. Who? Kill Bill. Sam Jackson? Oh, he wasn't in Kill Bill. It, it, no, but he Sam was Jackson's in, in Pulp Fiction. He's in Django. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff. He's in most of T T Quentin Tarantino's films. Yeah. Right? Or at least the, the majority of them. Oh, yeah. um, But then again, also does complete and utter garbage sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway. Uh, so yeah, he died. It's a uh, downer. It's too bad. He was great. I mean, yeah, it's like I don't usually talk about, like, I've passed up topics like this before, and mm -hmm. I don't usually want to talk about these types of things. It just, for some reason, Lance Reddick, uh, when I saw that, I, I kind of, I had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I that's mean? Fine. I had one of those moments where I was like, fuck. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of really sucks. Like, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, John Wick, Chapter 4, is probably going to be the last, you know, that'll be probably the last thing we see of him, I assume. Mm -hmm. unless, yeah. a whole, unless a bunch of other stuff. I mean, sometimes things are in pre-production. In like, the filmography, I saw White Men Can't Jump 2023. 
And I'm like, <laughs> what? That's really funny. Yeah. They made a white men can't jump this year? Maybe that's coming out? I don't I don't pay enough attention to the film industry to know, you know. <laughs> it's like a weird movie that you're going to redo. It's a, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like but, Woody um, and Will, uh, Wesley Snipes? Huh? Yeah. I mean, I can, I can also say that, like, I did... I was a really, really huge Destiny fan, and he really was fantastic in uh, right. as Commander Zavala in Destiny. Well, he one was one of the better. He was in a lot of games. He was in Horizon. Yeah. Um, he was in a ton of games. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I fucking know that voice. Yeah. And then you see yeah. the character, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's this guy. Yeah. They actually make it look like him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Zavala kind of looks like him too, a little bit. Yeah. Oh. I mean, he's an alien, right? But like, oh, okay. he's similar. Yeah. Well, in Horizon, it's like you know, it's straight up just him. Okay. Like, um, and and you hear the voice first, and like fuck, I know this. And then when you see his face, he's you're got like, a really iconic Yo, voice. One hundred percent. It's rare that I feel this way, but I do feel he will he will be missed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that's Rip. What, what else do we have? Yeah, I'm sorry to end on a down note, but uh, yeah, that is a shitty fucking end. <laughs> God damn! You should have thought that one. Through. I was going to talk about Dying Light developer revealing more about its new action RPG alongside new art, but I got to be honest to you, I don't I'm, care. I'm a little tired. Yeah, and I don't. Care. And uh, I mean. I am excited to, to, to see what Techland could do with an action RPG. Yeah, sure. Um, with a new... Something other than Dying Light. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got chops. Oh, no doubt. You know? So, oh, I mean... No. I don't know. Anyways, I'm could still... I'm going to be curious to see what they have to do. But yeah. uh, uh, I think I think that's all we got for you today. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess uh, that's it for now. Stay frosty. You know? Spicy nuggets. Spicy nuggets. <laughs> stay frosty, you spicy nugget. See, you stay frosty, spicy nuggets. And uh, listen, we'll see you next time, everybody. See ya. Have a nice evening.